Zan. Yo, what's up? I have a question for you. Okay. If you could give any sidekick best friend character from any piece of media ever their own spinoff, who mm-hmm. would you choose and why? I would choose... Actually, I'm changing mine. Um, Ooh, what we discussed going before. off script, okay. Yeah, going off script. I don't think they... Well, okay, they're part of a duo okay. that did get their own thing. Okay. But I think Pumbaa. From specifically Pumbaa just, from Timon and Pumbaa yeah, from the Lion Timon King. Timon and Pumbaa from the Lion King, specifically Pumbaa. Because it's like, what's Pumbaa's deal? Because <laughs> they got a Lion King one and a half. <laughs> they but, did. but so it's like you want like the Lion King like 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 one and three quarters. One and three quarters. Yes, I want that. And like Pumbaa's young years, I wanna know what's going on with him. And because like Timon's like the party, the sh- the the one the main person that's giving off the show. Person, right. Main person. I don't know why that Here was so hard for me to say. But Pumba. <laughs> what is up with Pumba? Why is Pumba so gassy? I want I want like like a gritty drama that explores Pumba's health. Yes, it's like it's like the Fresh Prince of Bel Bel Air reboot that just happened, Bel Air, but it's like Pumbaa. <laughs> a really gritty okay. drama. All right, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. What about you? I'm gonna stick with what we originally said, and I'm gonna okay. go with Donkey from Shrek. Yeah, yeah. That character is so rich. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy is so good in that role. Mm-hmm. I just want to see like, like I'm curious. Not necessarily about, like, Donkey's before years, mm-hmm. but, like, what does Donkey do when Shrek's off with Fiona? Truly. Like, like I want, like, like a rom-com of, like, Donkey and the Dragon. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want a sitcom of a Donkey sitcom. and the Dragon. <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, that would just be so, so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think we didn't get that because they probably thought they didn't want to cross over to the how donkey and dragon had babies in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, we already crossed the species line. Uh-huh. We don't want to have to explain ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Friends that are listening, you're going to find out how this ties in with our episode's theme after the, the theme, theme song. song. I was going to say credits again and I, I, and I almost did. Oh my God. When you're watching the show and you get really sad because the characters are straight and the writing is bad. The producers and creators just won't listen to us. Only ask for the bare minimum. They say it's too much. That's when Zane and Eliana come into play. We'll make it gay. Don't worry. We'll make it gay. Make it gay. Make it gay. Hi. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Wonderful. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Make, Make It, it Gay. Gay, a podcast where we explore all aspects of pop culture and put a queer and trans lens to it. I'm Zan, pronouns they, them, there. I'm Eliana, pronouns she, they, and we are so glad that you're joining us today. Yeah, thank you for listening. Woohoo! We start out every episode with what we call gay news, which is where Zan and I each come in with a piece of LGBTQ plus news, and we share it with each other and with you. We always make sure that this news is positive in some way, because there's a lot of anti-LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. out there, and we want to share some queer and trans joy. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to? I can go first. Do we? So, there's a new movie called The Batman that's coming out. And Zoe Kravitz plays Catwoman mm. in The Batman mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Robert Patterson. And she has been stated, she has stated that she 
definitely interpret Catwoman as a bisexual character. Heck yeah, she does. So we're going to say Catwoman is bisexual, which in the comics, I'm pretty like 99% sure that is true. I would imagine so. So that's freaking awesome. Heck yeah. Hopefully there is some explicit bisexualness happening in the film. One can hope. One can hope, but it's three hours long, so... It is? It's like three hours. Oh my god. Yeah, so I would hope at least there's one scene... Where she's kissing someone, or at least makes eyes at someone. I don't know. We'll see. Oh my gosh. Is it Robert Patterson or Pattinson? Patterson. Did I say Pattinson? No, you said Patterson, but I thought it was Pattinson. Wait, let me look. It's Pattinson. (gasps) (gasps) My fault, Robert Pattinson. Yikes. I'm so sorry. Please don't sue us. I know. Oh my god. What's your gay news? My gay news is, uh, it stems from some negative gay news. It stems Mm. from the Don't Say Gay Bill Mm -hmm. that is currently heading to the Senate floor in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, And a bunch of high school students uh, staged walkouts um, in Mm. protest of the bill. And um, I just think it's awesome that young people, regardless of if they're queer or trans, are standing up for LGBTQ plus rights. Yeah. Um, and our children are quite literally our future in mm-hmm. every sense of the word. The children are our future. It's time for Serious, Serious Gay, gay Talks. Talks. Hmm. And today's subject is The, the gay, gay Best, best friend. friend. We're not talking about the movie The GBF, um, but we might reference it. Yeah, we might reference it. We, we're talking we about the trope. <laughs> we're talking about the trope that is the GBF. Yes, The Gay Best Friend. Yes. When did you first notice there was a gay best friend trope? Like what Mean was Girls. You, mean Girls? Yeah, yeah, mm. with Damien. Um, that was the first time, um, kind of touching on what we spoke about last week, that was the first time that I that I saw um, a young queer male, um, and they're usually male, mm-hmm. um, represented in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Um, it was done in a very stereotypical way. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't necessarily know if that's such a bad thing because, like, there are people out there that are like that. I was like that when I was in high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that was the first time that I saw it. And when I saw it, I thought to myself, oh, mm. that, that, oh I'm not alone. Mm, you know? Yeah. What about you? I would say that it first, like, came to mind would mm-hmm. probably be Glee. Mm. Kurt from Glee. Because, mm-hmm. like, the first few episodes is about, like, Mercedes being in love with Kurt. Yep. And then everyone's like, he's gay, Mercedes. How did you not know? And then she does an incredible rendition of Buster Windows. Of Buster Windows. Oh, my God. I was obsessed with that song <laughs> yeah, when it came I out. Like, I was obsessed. I was like, this is amazing. Um, yeah. So I would say, because, like, I know Rachel Berry on the show calls Kurt, her gay, a gay, or yep. her gay friend, or something. Something You're such that's a gay. Yes, yeah, so something that's not PC. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I said that that would be like the first time that like mm. came to my mm. forefront of my mind to be like, oh, this is the gay best friend For that sure. we're talking about. For sure. Yeah. Um, would you be able to walk us through some of the history of the gay? Yeah, best I can walk us through some of the history. Cool. Thank you. So. From the get-go, when we say gay best friend, this is usually referring to a cis gay male Mm -hmm. um, who is a supporting character Mm -hmm. to the lead role, who's usually a cis woman, Mm -hmm. and they are usually have the characteristics of like loving fashion, Mm -hmm. being loving girl talk, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, being very flamboyant, being very flamboyant, Mm -hmm. and sometimes even mean. Yes, sometimes, and their whole purpose is to help the lead woman 
go get through her struggle mm-hmm. that she's going through. Mm-hmm. And they're very much seen as an accessory mm-hmm. and not a full-fledged human being. Mm-hmm. So there's basically what that means is there's nothing going on behind basically all the scenes that they're in. There would be no other scenes with them right. that they where they exist. Right. Because, Their entire yeah. purpose in the in the piece of media is to further the main character's plot lines. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the gay best friends, it the gay best friends started off not as a negative thing, but as a positive thing because it was the first introduction to queer people, queer men mm. mostly, in the main in mainstream media, mm-hmm. in films and mm-hmm. in TV. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this film called Next Stop Greenwich Village, mm. which was a 1976 film by Paul Mazuski. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And there's this character, there's this black gay man named Bernstein, mm. who is a gay man in the in the film, and it's very overtly shown. And he's not, it's not queer coded in any way. He says he's like, I'm gay. Like he says that mm. sentence, and it wasn't villainous, and it was very explicit of, of him being a gay man, and it was showing him as a person, and but it was still aiding the main lead, mm-hmm. which is a white cis male, but it was showing a queer gay person in the life of New York City during that time, which was was super exciting. And the main character was also straight. Yes, the main character was straight. And was Bernstein also cis? Yes, Bernstein was also cis as well. Okay. Yes. And then you have something as Cabaret, which Mm. had Brian, which was Sally Bowles' best friend Mm -hmm. in the place where she lived. Mm -hmm. And he also was... He was he was considered to be like a bi man mm. because he had relations with Sally and with other men as well. Mm-hmm. So it was like representation of bi people in media, which was super exciting. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a product. The gay best friends definitely like a product of a different era. Mm. So there was a shift in when the Great Depression happened, for mm-hmm. instance, where there's this. I'm using a term. It can be seen as a derogatory term nowadays, but it was called the sissy Mm -hmm. so this term was used in film filmmakers to hint at a queer character without being explicit Mm. during that time um it made people feel more manly or womanly because they were occupying that space in between Mm. which is really interesting but some argue that even though the term is seen as derogatory, they're like, well, at least we had queer character visibility mm-hmm. during that time. So mm-hmm. it's like visibility, that visibility is good visibility in a way because it got to us where we are now. Mm-hmm. So we have to look back and see our faults of where we came from and hopefully learn from them. Mm-hmm. And then this thing in the 30s happened called the Hayes Code. The 30s. The 30s, okay. yeah. So we were a Great Depression. Got it. And then the 30s happened. And then the 30s. So the Hayes Code was when um, cinema and movie theaters, they were really particular on what was shown in as far as like sexuality on Mm. film and TV. Mm -hmm. So you had all these characters who were queer coded, for instance, back before then, before the 30s, who were then now seen as villainous for some odd reason. They like turned Mm. to like a villain Mm -hmm. almost. And they went from like the comic relief to like the villain. Mm-hmm. And so like this when the Hayes code you would see like for instance even straight couples sleeping in opposite beds like the man would sleep in one bed the woman would sleep in another bed. Um 
for instance, if you think if you've seen the movie North by Northwest, the movie ends. Spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> um, the movie ends with the two characters making out on a bed, and like the train goes through the tunnel, and it's supposed to insinuate yep. sex. Yep. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. But mainly for queer characters, these queer cis male characters, they became these villains in mm. in these films. So. It was, it's really, I don't know, I thought, I thought it was really fascinating. And, like, characteristics of this derogatory term mm-hmm. um, would be that they're flamboyant, they're effeminate, they're well-groomed, and they're well-dressed Got people. It. But the difference between that term and the gay best friend nowadays is that they're not in the closet and we see some of their interior lives mm. as a gay best friend, mm. which is really interesting. Yeah, and then we go into... We fast forward to like say early two thousand, like late nineties, two thousands, and then we're getting movies like The Devil Wears Prada. We're getting uh, TV shows like Sex in the City, mm-hmm. where the gay best friend is very prominent in those television mm-hmm. shows. Have you seen Sex in the City? No, I have not either. But um, from my research, um, there's this, there are two gay characters on that show, Anthony and Stanford, mm-hmm. and they're direct soundboards. Or as far as their personalities off of um, Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Carrie, mm-hmm. and then Charlotte, the character Charlotte, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So, yeah, then we get into the whole aspect of the gay best friend being purely there for the lead female character yeah. to yeah. help her along. Got it. Things like that. That's a rich history. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Also and it's interesting to think of how it evolves over yeah, time. Yeah, mm-hmm. how it became like... Because even the villain trope is still there in mm-hmm. especially a lot of like Disney films, for instance. A lot mm-hmm. of like queer coded characters are seen as the villain, like mm-hmm. Scar or Ursula. Ursula. Yeah. Did you hear about the Heathers reboot that happened a few years back? The musical? The movie. Heathers is a movie from the 80s mm-hmm. um, uh, that is a fantastic movie. Highly recommend. It was then turned into a musical in the mid-2010s. And then there was a television reboot that happened in, I want to say, 2019, 2020. Yes. Yeah. Um, And let's center in a little bit on the queer characters as the villains. Mm -hmm. Um, For those that don't know, Heather's uh, is about three uh, girls, all of which are named Heather. And they take this new girl into their clique. Uh, Her name is Veronica. Veronica then becomes really popular. um, And then two of the three Heathers die. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not by Veronica's hands, but um, the television series still had three main characters named Heather, mm-hmm. but they were all queer, and I want to say two of them, if not one of them, were trans or non-binary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what the TV show was trying to do, I should also say I have not seen the television series, I've only read about it and mm-hmm. I've seen clips from it. What it seemed like the TV show was trying to do was to take the mean girl, the mean popular girl trope, and flip it on its head. But mm-hmm. what I don't think the creators thought about was villainizing queer and trans people. Yeah. Because when you take a trope like the popular mean girl, the reason that it quote unquote works is because of social hierarchies. Mm-hmm. So when you take a person or people from a marginalized community and you bring it into that main character but keeping the same trope, mm-hmm. what it does is to audiences, it reads as they're queer and trans but they're also bad 
and mm-hmm. reinforces in uh, reinforces homophobia and transphobia that they may have explicitly or implicitly internalized mm-hmm. as they have grown up based off of previous forms of media. But mm-hmm. um, it was just a very interesting choice from what I could tell about yeah. like retelling the story through this lens mm-hmm. as opposed to like a popular kid or a popular group of kids who are all queer and trans and are also nice, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I understand that that might not be a, let's say, interesting story to tell, but mm-hmm. there's always ways to make those stories interesting. Yeah, more you know? nuanced. We don't have to villainize people from marginalized communities in order to get them up to the top. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's also this really interesting thing going back to the cliche of the straight woman having mm-hmm. the gay best friend. Mm-hmm. There's... Also, in this, there's this truth in it where it's like there is this camaraderie that can happen with straight women and gay men specifically mm-hmm. where they feel safe mm-hmm. to talk about their relationships mm-hmm. and other personal things mm-hmm. because it's a safer environment for them. Mm-hmm. So there is like a truth to it. Yes. But it's not all true, of right. course. And it's still based in stereotype because the gay person is not a full-fledged human being. Right. And also thinking about how when we're watching someone in media, when we're watching a character, those people probably actually exist. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that stereotypes are wrong Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of like well i mean stereotypes are wrong but Mm -hmm. like people do actually behave like that Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. the where where part of the issue arises for me is that then that's what a group of people might only associate with that yeah they generalize Um, it exactly 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 um and so when you have the gay best friend whose entire purpose is to support the female the, the the cis straight female main character mm-hmm. um it becomes what the queer or the gay best friend is only known for mm-hmm. um when i came out as a gay man mm-hmm. um when i was i think 13 or 14 to a group of girls at my uh at my religious school when i was younger these groups of girls this this group of girls and i were not friends i'd actually asked one of them out on a date a few months prior when i was still confused about my sexuality mm-hmm. and she laughed and walked away. Mm. When I came out as gay, the first thing she says to me is, oh my gosh, can we go shopping? Mm. Um, because that was what she knew about mm. gay men, was yeah. that they love to shop, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on TikTok yesterday, and I saw this gay male couple. And uh, it's it, if you didn't know that they were gay, you would code them as straight, which then we get into the whole conversation about, like, why do we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, mm-hmm. what, what does gay look like? The way that young people internalize the stereotypes of a gay best friend can be harmful to real life people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like there's a subsection within like the gay best friend. It's mm. this idea of like the perfect man for a straight woman. Ugh, I'd date you if you weren't gay. Exactly. So, but the whole problem with that is the obstacle is that they're gay or mm-hmm. queer. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. And it's like only mm. if they were straight why are all the good ones gay yeah and it's like but it becomes a negative Mm. thing so it like there are different um examples yeah so there's like different examples like for instance and there's this film called the object of my affection with paul rudd and jennifer aniston it's like this 1998 film where paul rudd is playing jennifer aniston's like best friend and he's gay and jennifer aniston's like also trying to 
commit to her actual relationship to this other man mm -hmm. and she just keeps being like why why do you have to be gay like you are literally my best friend you are affectionate with me you're sensitive mm -hmm. blah blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and you would be the perfect partner but in and she's like trying to hold on to the facts because like apparently in the film Paul Rudd's character had slept with a woman at some point, and so she clings on to this fact that he slept with a woman. So maybe you're literally he describing the her. entire subplot of the first three seasons of Will and Grace. Oh my god! <laughs> really? Oh wow! Yeah, Interesting. yeah. Grace was in love with Will. Oh. Um, well, they met when Will was still in the closet. They they met because they started to date because Will was oh. so afraid of coming out. Okay. That's how they like became so close. Mm, interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting. Yeah, so there's like that film, and then there's Clueless, mm -hmm. where she falls in love with, or not falls in love, but she's like infatuated yes. with this guy who ends up being gay. Mm -hmm. And the minute he he she finds out or she realizes that he's gay, mm -hmm. she's like, oh my shopping buddy, oh my yeah. buddy, that's like you're my gay best friend type yeah. of thing, and puts him in that category. Yeah. Do you know the, the television show Queer as Folk? Yes. Okay. Um, it's a fantastic television show, mm -hmm. um, I think, because uh, it was one of the first shows that like showed, uh, I mean, it was predominantly queer, cis, white men mm -hmm. um, on mainstream television as mm -hmm. main characters in a drama setting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's still some issues with it. Um, however, there's a character named Justin mm -hmm. um, who is in high school, and mm -hmm. he has a best friend named Daphne. Both mm -hmm. of them are, are cis. Um, and there's an episode that centers around Daphne wanting to lose her virginity to someone that she trusts. Mm. Justin is gay, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Justin agrees to have sex with Daphne for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, which is just a very interesting plot point. Yeah. Um, but after they have sex, Daphne thinks that she has fallen in love with Justin. Oh. Um, because my guess is that they form that emotional and yeah. physical bond at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually she, uh, quote unquote, like comes to her senses and she's like, mm -hmm. oh, you're right, you're gay. But like the, the, there's a long part in the episode where she gets really jealous of this guy that Justin is seeing mm -hmm. because she's like, no, he's mine. Because mm -hmm. they were best friends. Yeah. She, he was her gay best friend, still mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. But now there's this weird added layer of like, we had sex. Mm -hmm. um, and thinking about like, the straight woman wanting the gay man and then she would have it all. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, one thing that it really says is it says a lot about straight men, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But like, it it creates this narrative that like, like what you were saying before, gay is imperfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I could just flip this one switch on you, you would be perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's forcing this narrative that it's all centered around the straight woman's needs yeah. and what the straight woman yeah. wants. Yeah. And like, and she's the most important thing in, yes. the, in this quote unquote relationship yeah. that like the other gay person doesn't even have mm -hmm. a say in it. They just automatically would love them and yep. do everything for them. Yep. And they're, again, they're not seen as a person. Um, another interesting, not interesting, um, another subsection of like the gay best friend would be the straight man who's pretending to be gay to get closer to the ex-woman, which is just 
horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know that trope. It's yeah. gross. It's gross. Especially because then usually the woman will then still have sex with the man. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It ends up being, okay. It's like, oh, because then it's the whole thing. It's like, oh, it's great because you're actually straight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh. Because mm-hmm. the thing that was wrong was that they were gay, mm-hmm. even though they weren't gay. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's just a horrible trope. Just yeah. like terrible, terrible, terrible. Very yeah. scary trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where my brain is going now, and, and this is like a bit of a tangent, so mm-hmm. I, I won't take us away for very long, but mm-hmm. um, uh, straight men and women in queer bars. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And how some straight women go to gay male bars because they feel safer. Mm-hmm. Um, some straight men go to queer femme bars because it's hot, mm. um, which is just so disgusting. Yeah. Um, and also, like, then we get into the conversation about the patriarchy and why is it normalized for two women to show affection, but it's not normalized for two men to show affection. And yeah. How does that live with inside of our Western culture? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, sexuality is not something that you can put on and off. There's so much nuance. Yeah. There's so much... Uh, trauma that only a queer person can understand. There's so much joy and celebration that only a queer person can understand. Mm-hmm. And when characters pretend to be queer in order to achieve something, mm-hmm. um, once they have achieved that thing, they can take off that layer, usually with no ramifications. Yeah. Which is just like really weird mm-hmm. because in these situations, queer is not the norm. Straight is the norm. Mm-hmm. And... If a queer person were to pretend to be straight and then it was revealed that they were queer, Mm -hmm. whether they come out as queer or someone else outs them as queer, Mm -hmm. more often than not, it's then met with violence in some capacity, whether Mm -hmm. that's physical, verbal, emotional, whatever, um, because... They're no longer one of us. Mm-hmm, <gasps> mm-hmm. You ha- lied to me. Mm-hmm. It's this whole thing of lying. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But continue. Which then also centers it around the person who's receiving the information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, love Simon. When mm-hmm. Simon comes out to his best friend as gay, she uh, takes it really personally, personally yeah. because she was in love with him. Now mm-hmm. granted, she didn't know that he was gay at the time, but when she finds out that he is gay... She uh, makes it sound like he has done something wrong. Mm-hmm. When in reality, she just had this expectation that has not been broken. Yeah. And that that in itself is a valid feeling to have. You know, mm-hmm. like like when you have feelings for someone and then you find out that you will literally never be able to be with them. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But that does not give you the right to then take your anger and put it back onto the person who has just revealed something really, really painful. Yeah. Potentially painful and personal. Um... Also, he didn't tell her he was outed. Yeah, he was um, outed. So, so that adds another layer yeah. of, like, if you were really the friend, mm-hmm. um, you would be able to still process those emotions on your own, but mm-hmm. process them on your own. On and your then own be time. with your friend when you are ready to be with your friend, as yeah. opposed to completely smashing them into the ground. And isolating them. Yes. For something that they had no control over. Correct. And they had no reason to even have to tell you in the first place right, ever. Right, right, so, right, Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to think about, um, like, when a celebrity comes out mm-hmm. and how it's this big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll speak for myself. I uh, I feel weird when I have a really strong reaction to someone coming out because I'm trying really hard to, uh, just in my own life, normalize queer and trans people and mm-hmm. have it not be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But when someone does come out, 
it's a big deal for me because someone who has a lot of power is showing yeah. their quote unquote true selves. Not that they weren't showing their true selves before, but they are letting other people into this part of their life, mm-hmm. um, which can then do a lot of good for the community. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like before Elliot Page came out as trans, um, I thought Elliot was really cool. But after Elliot Page came out as trans, I was like, Oh, oh, because suddenly, like this person that I uh, really admired the acting of and I, and I thought that his his uh, career was wonderful. I now connected with them in a very different way, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which which I think might be another layer to this yeah. is, is the personal connection between people. And, and I mean, <laughs> part of the reason why we connect with characters so much yeah, sometimes exactly. is, is because we see ourselves represented. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We see ourselves represented in a really big way. Yeah. And I think the main problem with the gay best friend trope mm-hmm. is that it's existing within this straight narrative yes. told by straight people. Yes. And when we get more nuanced stories, for instance, like like um, Eric on sex education. Mm-hmm. Like at first, it seemed like he was very much falling into the trope of like gay best friend to. Ollie Oliver? I have not seen such Otis. Education. Otis. That's his name. Cool. <laughs> okay, Otis's character. Um, but it seems like he was his gay black best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, there's two things. The black best friend and the gay best mm-hmm. friend. So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no. But then as the season goes on, there's an incident that happens. Mm. And Eric has the opportunity to stand up for himself. To be like, you let me down, Otis. Like, we have known each other for this long and you stood me up for someone you've known for, he literally says like five seconds Mm -hmm. and his character becomes more nuanced and you learn more about Mm. him as the series goes on. And Mm. it's like, he has a more complex storyline and you're just like, okay, this is great. So I think the idea of the gay best friend can be done. Yes. But it, has evolved yes yeah like like if the gay best friend really loves shopping sure why do they love shopping Mm -hmm. what draws them to fashion yeah you know and that's not to say that we need a complete backstory on every single gay best friend character but like stanley tucci's character in the devil wears prada Mm -hmm. how did he get to be the right hand man of Miranda Presley. Right. How does he get up there? Yeah. Why does Miranda trust him so mm, much beyond the exactly. fact that he's gay? Exactly. You know, like they have to have a rich, rich history in order yeah. to get to that place. And I understand that he's not the main character of that story, mm-hmm. but his existence should not solely be the fact that he is a higher up in the fashion industry and is also gay. And helping Anne Hathaway yes. dress nice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And a really interesting flip on it, there's a show called It's a Sin, which oh. is also produced by, created by Russell T. Davis, who actually oh, yep. did Queer as Folk yes. back in the day. And it's has a character named Jill, who is actually the straight best friend to a bunch of gay people. Oh, interesting. So it's like this flip on the trope of like the straight best friend, but it's done very well where mm-hmm. she's like completely supportive, doesn't treat them like props at all. She just happens to be straight and their best friend mm-hmm. to this like main to the main character. And it's beautifully from just the clips I've seen is beautifully done. Mm. Um, and the actor who plays her is fantastic. She's on this other show that I watched and it was so good. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's interesting so having like a straight character in a queer narrative, like mm-hmm. how that exists and mm-hmm. how that functions in the world of like mm-hmm. film and TV and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
Another example is I May Destroy You, which has a really oh. complex mm. storyline with the straight friend having a gay friend who's like best friends with um, um, Michaela Cole's character. Mm-hmm. And he goes through this horrific trauma mm. and as a joke without her, she doesn't know that he had gone through this trauma. Spoiler alert for I May Destroy You. I'm about to be spoiled, everyone. Oh, sorry. No, bring it, bring it. Okay, go. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into detail. Okay. Um, but she at a party, she kind of she lets she locks him in a room with this other guy because yeah. she thinks that her friend's just like obsessed with like guys and yeah. like always on grinder and things like that. And he's actually like processing this traumatic event that happened to him. Mm. And so him being stuck in the room with this random guy, he starts like freaking out having a panic attack Mm -hmm. and it's the create Michaela Cole talks about how it's the character lets her friend down because Mm. she's treating him like a gay best friend the quote-unquote gay best friend Mm. in within the show Mm. and they have like this which I think yeah they have like some sort of like reconciliation and it's still not completely resolved by the end of the show it's still like there's hurt there yeah which I think is human so I think it's realistic in that way. Wow. But it's it's really it's a really complex story that that character has, the gay character he has on that show. Yeah. And it's um I think it's really and it's it's a lot of like questions that come up because there is a scene I won't spoil I won't spoil it. Anymore. Okay. I won't okay. Spoil, I want I want you to watch it. Um, You're good. But, but yeah, it's a good example. Yeah, and like the re- the reversal of these tropes adds a lot of nuance to the trope itself because we get to see it from the perspective of the people that made it, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. Which is to say, like like I I would say that for the most part, gay best friend characters are created by straight men. Yeah, I, it's 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 interesting to to think about like what makes a gay best friend as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like. Going back to what we've spoken about in episodes past, there might be other gay best friends out there that we just don't know are gay. Like, Mm -hmm. in the Batman, let's say that Catwoman Mm -hmm. doesn't have any uh, scenes with other femmes or other women. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that she's not bisexual. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is one of the beautiful things about artists' interpretation. Yeah. um, Is that... We don't have to um, be able to put a pin in it in order for us to be able to see it. It's great when we do and when the representation Mm -hmm. is done right. But I would rather not see it if it means that seeing it involves a lot of harmful stereotypes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. And yeah, and there are just so many different types of like, for, for instance, Happiest Season. Yes, we have... Mm. There are you can comment on the film in many different ways, but mm-hmm. um, Daniel da- Daniel Levy's character, mm-hmm. he is da- Daniel Levy, right? Is it Dave Levy? Dan Levy. Dan Levy from from Schitt's Creek. Yeah, from Schitt's Creek. Yes, Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Dan. I don't think anyone calls him Daniel. <laughs> Dan Levy's character in Happiest Season is treated as like the gay best friend to Kirsten Stewart, who also happens to be queer. Mm. So it's like this. It's, it's like almost. Flipping it on its head, flipping it on its head. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's her gay best friend, but he still has good advice to tell her yeah. at the end. And he's there for her as a friend. Mm. And it's almost like an inside joke in the movie that he's her gay, gay best, best friend, friend. Even though they're both queer. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. 
which totally happens all the time. Queer people are friends with queer people. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I know. Wow. I wish I was friends with queer people. Oh, I know. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this topic? Final thoughts? Or anything else to add? Yeah, we just need... I think we'll get more nuanced stories when we have queer characters written by queer people. Mm-hmm. That's when we'll have more truth to mm-hmm. these stories. Mm-hmm. And yes, we can still dive into the world of the gay best friend. But again, like we said, it needs to be expanded on and explored more yes. than what it has been in the past. It's time for Star-Cross Lovers. Okay, folks, Star-Crossed Lovers is where we take two characters from different franchises slash IPs. Intellectual properties. Intellectual properties. (laughs) And we make a, not a case, but we explain how they would come together as a couple and live out their lives. Yep. Basically. And we pick for each other, correct? Yeah, we pick for each other. Would you like to pick first or explain first? Um, I will pick first. Cool. Broadway musicals. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be interesting. Huh. And DCOMs. That's <laughs> like our one. Broadway day. and DCOMs. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Broadway musicals specifically? Yeah, Broadway musicals. All right. Okay. I just got to pull up a name first. No problem. Okay. From Broadway, I'm choosing The Stepmother. From Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Oh my gosh. From DCOMs, I'm choosing Miss Darvis from High School Musical. Oh, yes! So here's how I think that they get together. They're both at a fancy restaurant. Miss Darvis is sitting by herself, probably drinking a martini, mm-hmm. reading something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She looks very poised, but she still has her like weird scarf yeah, thing that she likes to wear. <laughs> um, the stepmother... We're in modern times, by the way. Has just like 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 she's on a very angry phone call mm. and she slams the phone because it's she has a flip phone. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um. Or maybe she slams it onto the table. Miss Darvis looks over at her and gives her like uh, like a hmm eyes. Mm-hmm. The stepmother looks back at her and and like scowls a little bit. Now, mind you, Miss Darvis is probably on her third martini. Okay, <laughs> she's she's having a good night. It good is. Night. Spring break. She decided to take herself to New York for spring break. Mm. So she's feeling a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, extroverted. Mm-hmm. She's she's ready to talk to people. So she goes over and she just sits down with the stepmother. Oh my god! And the stepmother goes, excuse you, what are you doing? And Miss Darvis goes, why are you so upset? <laughs> We're in New York City. There's nothing to be upset about. This is my very bad Miss Darvis impression there's nothing to be upset about here darling uh stepmother is like very cold at first trying to like shrug her away like get out of here you know this is my table miss darvis doesn't move eventually stepmother reveals that one of the stepdaughters and her are in a really big fight Mm. um and before she knows it they're both eating dinner and the stepmother is just like letting her guard down, which Mm. she hasn't done in a very long time. Mm. She talks about how she used to be jealous of Cinderella when Cinderella got to marry the prince and she didn't get any of the riches. Mm. She talks about how her relationship with her biological daughters has been 
frayed because of this situation that happened with Cinderella because mm. she blamed both of her daughters for not being able to marry the prince. Mm. Um, she uh, comes to New York every so often just to escape because she can't handle her life sometimes. Yeah. Um, and Miss Darvis just listens and listens and listens and listens, which is not like her. Normally she likes to talk and talk and talk and talk, yeah, but there's yeah. something about the stepmother that she just wants to hear. She just wants to get to know. She can't really explain it. Mm-hmm. Eventually the conversation turns into like this this weird like not flirtatious vibe but like mm-hmm. it's very friendly like they're mm-hmm. suddenly they're laughing and they're joking and like they're tapping each other's hand yada 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 and then they say goodbye and um miss darbus leaves the next day mm-hmm. to go out of town to go mm-hmm. back to east high mm-hmm. and then they don't see each other for months <gasps> months Drama. At some point, this is really long. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. At some point, I'm, I'm going to try and wrap this up. Uh, 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 Miss Darvis finds the stepmother on Facebook. I don't know okay. how. Uh, maybe they have a mutual friend. Adds her. They start talking again. They're like, oh my gosh, I remember you. Blah, 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 blah. Turns out they both have another New York trip planned at the same time. <gasps> so they both go to New York. They see each other. Mm. Um, why has no one written this as a fanfic? I should write I this know, as a right? fanfic. <laughs> um, long story short, they fall in love. Um, the stepmother takes uh miss darbus's advice and repairs their friend no no no. while they were in new york for the first time miss darbus gave the stepmother advice on how to repair their friendship uh repair friendship with her daughters when they reconnect she's like my my relationship with my daughters is amazing i've even started to like repair my relationship with cinderella um and uh they're just really good for each other the end yay (laughs) that was a lot sorry all right here's what you got you have do you know much about star trek Yes. Okay. Star Trek and Marvel. Okay. Great. Okay. Easy. Um, I would do Bones from Star Trek, and no then I like would do Leonard McCoy if you're fancy, and then I would do I would choose Bones and J Jonah Jameson because cool. they're both grumpy. <laughs> they're both very grumpy people, and I think they would bond over that grumpiness of just being like. Hey, I have to, uh, Bones would be like, I have to worry about this kid, freaking um, James Kirk and J. Jonah Jameson, James Jones, whatever, J.J. Jameson, I think that's how they say it, <laughs> um, is like, I got to worry about this Spider-Man dude who's just always messing up my day, even though he's saving the city and things like that. And I think Bones would somehow materialized to 2010 and then jj jameson is like what are you doing here and he's like (laughs) he just materialized in his office and he's like i don't know what i'm doing here what are you doing here and they both like grumble for a bit and they're like you want to get a beer and like yeah let's get a beer and then they both talk about their tales of like having to worry about these white boys Mm -hmm. and then like (laughs) well they don't know well yeah whatever and then they bond over having because jj jameson's wife dies by because he doesn't like people with masks because he his wife was killed by a person with a mask on and then bones's wife is divorced from him Mm. um so that has nothing to do with masks but they (laughs) both bond over the fact of 
having lost their wives in some way. And then they both get a little tipsy and then they give each other eyes and then they have a fun night together. And then I think it would be like a one night thing. Yeah. And then Bones ends up being materialized back to the USS Enterprise. And everyone's like, where were you, Bones? And he's like, nowhere. So he was just like, I was just having fun with my friend JJ. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. <laughs> Friends, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Make It Gay. Yeah! If you want to follow us, you can follow us on our Instagram page at Make It Gay Podcast. And if you want to hear hear us, I mean, you can listen to us anywhere. You're listening to us right now. But yeah. if you want to send us an email, you can do it at makeitgaypodcast at gmail.com. Any final words? Let's get rid of the gay best friend trope in the bad way that it can be represented, but not in. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. Okay, bye. bye! Don't worry, we'll make it gay, make it gay, make it gay.